0: 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. He says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Well, we weren't redeemed that way, but how were we redeemed? But we were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The word redeemed there, as it relates to the blood of Jesus, means that our freedom has been bought back. You and I are part of the blood-bought church. Amen. I remember Ray Jean Wilson singing that song, the blood-bought church. We've sang that song for years and years in this church, the blood-bought church. We are the redeemed. We are the justified. We are the sanctified. We are what we ought to be. We can do what we can do by the blood of the Lamb. We got any overcomers in the house today? That's what Revelation twelve eleven says. They overcame him by what? Blood. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Joe, good to have you back home. Is this your first service? Stand up. Let's give Joe a welcome. Amen. Amen. He's a trainer for for Major League and and Minor League baseball teams. Good to have you back, Joe. Praise God. Amen. How many of you have had to have your blood drawn before? Well, you get your blood drawn, it gives you a readout of what's going on in your body. Right? Well, a thorough investigation of the blood of Jesus reveals every necessary ingredient for your full salvation. Amen. Amen. One of the greatest blood-bought benefits is being put into right standing with God. I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 3. And I want us to notice in verse 21 through 26. He says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them, that believe there's no difference verse 23 for all of sin comes short of the glory of god verse 24 being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is where in christ jesus verse 25 whom god has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood everyone say "I i have faith in his blood To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Verse 26. And read it with me real strong. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. I am so glad that I'm looking at a congregation that has been justified and has been made right in his sight. Now I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. And I think that oftentimes most Christians believe the front part of this verse. But you know, you need to believe the whole verse. We'd get no argument from people. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Everyone say amen. Amen. But if the first part of that verse is true, the second part is true. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I have been made. You have been made the righteousness of God in him. Righteousness is something that we attain not by our human efforts, not by our works, not by growing and developing spiritually. We should do good works. We should grow spiritually. But righteousness is a free gift. Thank you very much. <laughs> so in, in Romans five 17, let's look over there. It says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, that's you and me, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, they will begin to reign in life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Or in other words, as the Amplified says, we shall reign as kings in life. One of the benefits of being put into right standing with God is you will begin to reign in life. It gives us the ability to stand in the presence of an almighty God, just like sin never existed before, without a sense of guilt or fear or inferiority. Amen? He made him to be sin for us. And so, in Christ Jesus, we can begin then to reign in life. How many of you here last week? Last week we talked about in your control. And we discovered that as being part of the kingdom of God, we have been given certain keys, right? He said, and I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Years ago, one preacher said it like this. He said, if bind and don't fix it, loose it. If bind and don't fix it, loose it. And so we discovered that there are a lot of things that are in our control through the name of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the Word of God. And one thing that we should be able to control is our mind. Our mind is our mind. And our mind is no place for the enemy's thoughts. And we discovered that through the weapons of our warfare and the keys of the kingdom, we can bring down those strongholds And those thoughts that are contrary to the word of God. And so our mind is in our control. Now another area that we should be controlling and that is in control and is available to be in control is our body. Now in Romans chapter 12, I'll just quote it to you. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Well, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or which is your spiritual worship. So the presentation of your body, living right because you are the righteousness of God, living holy because he's made you holy and pure in righteousness and true holiness, the presentation of our bodies as a living sacrifice is something we need to be doing every day. Have you discovered that your body ain't saved? Now, if you let yourself, your body will go crazy on you. And I let myself go crazy yesterday at Hometown Buffet. (laughs) I mean, I intended to do good, but, you know, I just finished a good workout, probably burned off close to a thousand calories. And uh, so I'm hungry, right? And so I I said, well, I'm going to go over to Hometown Buffet, but I'm, you know, but oh my Jesus. (laughs) I called Brenda and I said, there went the workout. But your body's crazy. It doesn't want just one slice of pecan pie. Come on, let's be honest about it. Why is that? Because your body is not born again. Your spirit is born again. And our bodies oftentimes try to take charge, right? Your body, if you let your body do what it wanted to do, you'd lay in bed all day. You wouldn't get up for work. I mean, your body's nuts. Your body's crazy. If you let your body do what it wanted to do, it would just be flaky. That's all there is to it. It would, it would eat stuff it shouldn't be eating. It would watch things it shouldn't be watching. But your body is to be in subjection to your spirit. And your spirit is to be in subjection to the Father of spirits. That's why he said, Paul said this, He said, but I, my spirit, the real me, I keep under my body and I hold it in check. Mm -hmm. He said, I bring my body into subjection. In other words, my body is subject to the real me Mm -hmm. and the real me is not what you see. The real me is what you can't see. The real me is the man on the inside. The real me is the hidden man of the heart. The real me is a spirit created in the image and likeness of God. You can't see me, but me is here. The real me is to take charge of my body. My body is not to take charge of me. Amen? So he said, I keep under my body. I bring into subjection. Lest that by any means, while I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway, or I myself should be uh, disqualified. Amen? Amen? And so with the keys of the kingdom with the word of God with the power of God one way that we reign in life is we order our body around we tell our body body you're healed every organ every tissue of my body it functions in the perfection to which God created it function and i forbid any malfunction In my body. In the name of Jesus. Body, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Body, I'm talking to you. We're going to go to church and stay awake. (laughs) Even though we might be tempted to go to la-la land. We're going to eat the word. Amen. Body, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're going to go to church. We're going to lift up our voice. We're going to lift up our hands. Amen. We're not here to put on a show. We're here to give glory to God. Yeah. You know, you can make your body pray. You can make your body read the word. You're in charge. Right. Amen. Amen. Say to me, I am in charge. I'm in charge. Under the Lordship, Under the lordship. Of, Jesus of Jesus Christ. Now your mind is crazy too. If you listen to it, your mind, listen, here's what happens. If your body's out of whack, your mind's going to be out of whack. And the two will try to side in against your spirit. But if you can get your spirit and your body in agreement, your mind will line up. Your body will line up. Amen? And so take the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Remember that you're part of the blood bot church. We're not wimps. We're not helpless pawns. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, there is not one thing in my life that the blood of Jesus does not cleanse. He says, the Holy Spirit will never, I want you to get this. He will never condemn you. The Holy Spirit is not a condemner. He's a convictor. The Holy Spirit is not one who puts you down. The Holy Spirit is one who lifts you up. The enemy is the author of condemnation. And there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Smith said this. The Holy Spirit never brings condemnation, but He will always reveal the blood of Jesus. And I like how he said this. He is the lifting power of the church. He is the glory. He is the lifter up of my head. You ever been tempted to be down? Well, David was. Here's what David did. David, just like you can have a good conversation with your body and tell it what to do and tell it to be healed, you can have a good conversation with your soul. David said this. He said, hope thou in God. He says, i tell you what I'm going to do in my midnight hour. For I will yet praise him. For he is the health of my countenance. Woo! Glory to God. And you know what? Depression and oppression does not stay in an atmosphere of praise. What is happening when you're lifting up your voice. And lifting up praises to the most high God. God on the inside of you is arising. He's quickening you. And he will cause all of your enemies to be scattered. Here's what I've found out that the blood of Jesus it can reach in to the secret recesses of our motives and purposes, and he can cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all iniquity, all shame, all sin, and all guilt. Say it with me, I am, I am. Purchased, by the blood. purchased by the blood. Now one of the things that is closely connected with being in right standing with god because of the blood is because of the blood you and i can be bold we can be bold yeah. i like one uh, specific uh, definition of bold boldness means to have unreserved utterance it means to have an outspokenness a frankness a bluntness when you are bold in the lord you're not rude but being bold in the Lord means that He is so saturating your very life that when you open your mouth, the Spirit of God uses it for His glory. Amen. One area that we can be bold toward is we can be, be bold toward God. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, the amplified version. Ephesians the second chapter the 18 verse says, "For it is through Him that we have, whether far, off or near. That we have an introduction. We have access by one spirit to the Father so that we are able to approach Him. It says, we dare to have boldness. We dare to have boldness. The Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the 19th verse says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter in by the blood of Jesus to the Holy of Holies. Listen to this statement. Remember we opened up with faith in the blood? Well, faith in the blood of Jesus, it is the power and the vehicle that can launch you in to the very presence of God. Launches us into the presence of God. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The reason why the Father wants you to come boldly to the throne of grace because He created you and I for fellowship. He's our Father and we're part of His family. Think about it this way. It's the Father and His family. How many fathers do we have in the house today? Do you love it when your kids come home? Do you love it? Well, some of you don't, I guess. Okay. Just asking. (laughs) But I love it. I love it when my kids come home. I love it. Because it's Papa and his family. Amen? I love it when when John calls or or James calls. I love to hear reports how they're doing. I love to hear how they're they're doing well. Amen? And I also love to hear what kind of challenges they may be facing so that Brenda and I can pray for them. The throne of grace is open to all of us. See, it gives your father great delight and joy when he sees that his sons and his daughters are doing well. And so the throne of grace is for fellowship, is for presence, but it's also when you have a need. Now, if you feel all bummed out and condemned and, and just poor about yourself and all insecure and all that stuff that the devil tries to sow into the city of your soul, you feel that way, you'll not go talk to the Father. Because after all, you're not worthy, right? See, it's not the effectual prayer of an unrighteous condemned man that makes tremendous power available it is the prayer effective prayer of a righteous man that makes tremendous power available amen now even though you're not perfect I know you're not perfect you know I'm not perfect but we're on our way amen we're all under construction he has begun a good work in us he's going to complete it till the day of Jesus Christ amen I got a word from somebody for some of you today don't you give up on yourself because your father has not given up on you That's straight from the throne of God. Don't you dare give up on yourself. Your Father has not given up on you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never stop loving you. Nothing will ever separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whatever you've done, wherever you've been, God's mercy and God's grace hovers over you today. Don't give up on yourself. Somebody says, yeah, but Pastor, you don't know me. Well, I may not know you, but God knows you. And he knows you to the degree that he's got a picture of you tattooed on the palm of his hand. Yeah, that's right. God is inked. He's inked with you right here. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. No, I may not know what you've done, but you know why why are you living there? Why don't you just repent and move on? Why don't you just get your forgiveness and get out of that land of sin and get out of that land of yielding to the wrong things and get into the land of the Holy Ghost. Get into the land of the word. Get into the land of the Father's love and let his love, glory to God, lift you and bless you and take you where he wants you to go. Come on, somebody. Don't you give up on yourself. God has not given up on you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Be not weary in well doing. Our God's not mocked. Whatever a man does, whatever a man sows, that and that only is what he's going to reap, amen. So don't live your life sowing to the flesh, because of the flesh you'll reap corruption. Live your life sowing to the spirit and you'll reap life everlasting. Makes me want to dance. You know it's 10:06 and I could dance a little bit. Hallelujah. I could do a little holy ghost shout. Amen. Woo! Don't you give up on yourself. God. God's not giving up on you. That's right. Amen. 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 And just because circumstances, this is another group of people today, just because circumstances have been difficult and it seems as though you've been besieged and it seems like you've been hemmed in, don't you give up. Don't you give up. God won't give up on you. It might be a financial attack. It might be a physical attack. It might be a relational attack. Don't you give up. See, one thing the devil wants you to think is that there's no way out. He wants you to believe there's no way out, that you're stuck in life and that things will never change. I beg your pardon, devil. I like how the sisters do this. I don't think so. (laughs) Man, I love to watch sisters in church. Glory to God. The Holy Ghost gets on them. Getting sassy and cry. I don't think so. Who do you think you're talking to? Amen. <laughs> hey, we can learn something from our brothers and our sisters. Amen. I think sometimes we just ought to get sassy. Amen. There's a game called Chess. And when checkmate is called on the chessboard, checkmate basically is saying to the king, look, you're hemmed in. There's no way out. We've got you now. No way out. You might as well just give up. And the devil is out to checkmate your life. He wants you to tell you, there's no way out. You're hemmed in. You'll never make it through this situation. I don't think so. (laughs) Why is that? Because my Lord Jesus Christ has a history of last moves the king always has one more move when Moses thought that there were no more moves on the table he faced the Red Sea the king had one more move and he split the Red Sea glory to God They hung Jesus on the cross. They put him in a tomb and they sealed it. In hell there was a party saying, we've got him now. Never, ever, ever will he be seen again. Had the princes of this world known it, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory because the king had one more move. Hallelujah. He raised Jesus from the dead and sent him at the highest place in the universe. And so when Satan comes and yells, checkmate in your ear, you ought to say like the sisters say, I don't think so because my God, my King whoo, has one more move. He's got another move. There's no temptation taking me, but such as is common to man. But my King is faithful. He will not suffer to me to be tempted above that I am able, but will with the temptation always make a way of escape. Come on, somebody. Don't you give up just because you're hemmed in. Yes, the devil comes as a roaring lion, but what of it? We serve the lion of the king of Judah. Hallelujah, the tribe of Judah. Woo. Try this one on for size. When I say checkmate, you say, I don't think so. Checkmate. Checkmate. I so. Why? Because the king has one more move. Woo! Glory. He's got one more move. The fact of the matter is he's got plenty of moves. So move with him. It is not a question whether the Lord is on your side, the question is, is are you on his side? So in response to this, say, yes, Lord, I'm on your side. In your word, I will abide. In your plan, I will flow. And in the will of God, I will go. I will go the way of Yahweh. I'll not give up. I'll not throw in the towel, towel. but instead I'll lift my hands hands in praise. praise. I'll look at the walls walls. while they're still staring me in the face. face. And with uplifted hands, I will shout, shout, Grace! Grace! Grace." Grace. Grace. And the walls shall tumble, the The walls shall fall. And when the dust settles, I shall stand tall. Let's lift our voice and thank him. Let's stand up, everybody. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. (laughs) You might as well get happy in the house today. Oh, glory. (laughs) You all know that Job faced some insurmountable circumstances, did he not? I mean, he lost everything. But there, let's say Fredeste, there was a turnaround that happened for Job. But his turnaround did not happen until he turned around. He had to get out of fear, and he had to let bygones be bygones, and pray for his friends. It's a word for some of you. Some of you are going through some relational difficulties. You need to pray for your friends. Instead of cursing them, love them, bless them, buy them a birthday gift, send them an offering, do what you got to do. Amen. According to the Word of God. Job prayed for his friends. And there came a turnaround for Job. The whole battle that Job faced was only nine months long. Maybe you're in a battle that's nine months, nine years, nine days, nine minutes. I don't know. But the Bible says that God restored to Job twice as much. He had more than he ever had, and he had double. And the Scripture says that after all of this, Job lived hundreds more years. He died in a full age, full of days, and full of life. I'm going to tell you something. God has an after this for you. He can give you an after this, after the addiction, after the chemotherapy. That's all right. You can shout, sister. I'll shout with you. Let's shout with her. Glory to God you run all run you dance all dance he can give you an after this after the chemotherapy after the divorce after the bankruptcy whatever your name is Raul lived Pastor Mark lived Monica lived you see we're all going to go through the things that come our way but keep your eyes on the after this Don't you dare give up. Because God's not giving up on you.